Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh my God. Can't even have, you can't even have eyeliner on. That's crazy. I walked outside for two minutes and my eye my eyelids were sweating. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, trashlings, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Space Trash. Lost stars with the rich in Uranus, and I'm Sarah Armour. And I'm Molly Molshine. And uh, okay. when is the last time we had a normal episode? I it's It feels like years. It's an eternity. We haven't been together in this way for an eternity, and boy, does it feel good to be reunited. I know, it really does. I really missed you. I don't know what the problem was. I guess... You were traveling. I was traveling. It's summer. Well, then you had a bachelorette party in New Jersey, which unfortunately it was the one time I was out of New Jersey. I was planning on attending until we made these Texas plans. But I want you to know, I am so proud of the New Jersey representation that your bachelorette party contained. It made me feel so nostalgic, so at home. Even just looking on the Instagram, it looked like a fucking blast. Yeah, well, representation matters, and there's not <laughs> enough. New, there's not enough New Jersey representation in the media anymore. You know, The Sopranos is over, uh, Jersey Shore is over. The only thing we have left is Real Housewives of New Jersey, and for some reason, That's they're right. in Dublin this week. So I was happy to do my part. Wait, okay, so they're in Dublin. That's not a coincidence. You are the next new housewife. Also, I want to say, in general, in my humble opinion, while Jersey Shore was named and shot in New Jersey, it's really a Staten Island show. What right? Well, some are Staten Island, some are Long Island, some are upstate New York. Yeah, I mean, it's like a New York. It's a New York suburbs show right. more than New Jersey. But your bachelorette party was the true Jersey Shore. Situation and Sammy were from North Jersey, but yeah, the rest of them were. Where are they from? I don't know. It doesn't matter. North Jersey. You said it. North Jersey. Yeah, North Jersey. <laughs> but my voice went away, by the way, until yesterday, and it's still not a hundred percent back yet. I cannot tell you the amount of people who have commented from last week's Bachelorette podcast that Casey with her party girl voice sounds exactly like you. They're like, I can, this sounds exactly like Molly. I'm tripping out. I'm like, I know sisters are so cool. Really? That's crazy. Okay. That's funny. Does that mean I have a deeper voice than Casey? Actually, to be fair, when we have recorded with Casey together, when I listen back, sometimes I'm like, which is which? (gasps) You do have some, you have like kind of the same voice. Wow, that's very interesting. Your eyebrows gone again. It melted when I was outside. So how is Texas? It is 107 degrees here as a baseline, which I believe is the same temperature that a Bikram yoga class is in. So I just think everything here should be rebranded as Bikram. I I had a Bikram sandwich earlier. I went on a Bikram walk. Every time I bend over, it's Bikram yoga. Uh, Yeah, I did Bikram comedy. I am in Texas. Everything's Bikram. 
at night in the dark, it's about 101 degrees. This is the sweatiest place I've ever been by far. But what's so funny is, you know, for all the stands that have been watching Psycho Sunday over the, the course of the pandemic, one of the things that I have said, and I even said, I think I may have said it to you here. One of my biggest pain points about coronavirus ending, which in fact, I want to be clear, it did not end. The minute I left the house, I got coronavirus. Lol, 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 lol. But, um, great. And you were a long time holdout too. And that proves that staying in your house works. No, social distancing actually works. I was social distance. I didn't get COVID. The minute that I interacted with the world, even a tiny bit, literally the minute I landed, I got COVID, but I didn't know for a few days. LOL. But, um, one of the things about the pandemic that I loved was, you know, I discovered that I fucking love the smell of my own B.O. I want to do candles like Gwyneth's. Gwyneth's, no. Gwyneth's pussy candle. I want a Sarah B.O. candle. I swear to God, I, I I just love my smell. You should be a European man because they love it too. They never wear any fucking deodorant over here. It's absurd. Okay, first of all, you've actually said that to me before about other things. So I think, number one, baseline conclusion, I am a European man. Mm-hmm. Second conclusion, even if you put deodorant on in Austin, Texas, it's almost like condescending because it's 107 degrees all the fucking time. So no matter what, everyone smells like their own. I manifested the perfect city for me because all I wanted was to continue to be allowed to just smell myself. And and here I have no choice. Do people really all have BO over there? It is. Or are you just like selectively believing that because you want to have BO? I'm going to say a sentence that's going to, that's going to maybe be misleading, but it is oppressively hot for a Jew that, that historically walked the desert. I don't mind oppression or oppression heat. For me, it actually justifies my whole lifestyle, which is like, I actually need to be in a body of water here. You need to be either in a car, in an air conditioned place or in a body of water. I make more sense here. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you told me that you and Desi are curing Palestine. Here we are at the turning of the tides. As we speak today, the sun is about to move into Leo, but we are at the Pluto sun opposition point yet again. This is the Pluto return to the United States. This is the second exact hit. And I feel like, wow, here I am in the capital of the heartland, so to speak. Isn't that what it's called? Uh, it depends on what political party you're in. My heartland is probably Philly. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, no, no, personally, no, my heartland, it's like the Cape, Cape Cod, maybe, but, but the, the, the heartland, the heartland is Texas. We're in the capital of Texas. She is a smelly Palestinian. I am a smelly Jew. I do feel that together down here, we are doing our part, not only to heal world peace completely and totally and be representative of middle middle eastern success but you want to know what i really think is going on what somehow i always end up with the hottest guy in the scene okay yeah oh yeah i see it okay you know who the hottest guy here is joe rogan matthew mcconaughey oh rogan's more your type i'll set you guys up once i'm a big figure but i this literally a have running this joke feeling. by the way if you're new here this is a running joke that i that that uh joe rogan is my hall pass Right. Speaking of Jersey Shore, he is sort of Jersey Shore, like, king, goals. Like, that is, like, he's the hottest, most successful meathead I think we have on the on the market right now. Right. I like a bro. I like a bro. Like, in my early 20s, I was like, I'm going to date skinny artistic guys. And then I was like, what huh. am I doing? First of all, they don't like me. And second of all, <laughs> I don't really like them. So it's bros. But okay, so you're going to date Matt McConaughey. You're going to steal him from Camila Alves. Well, okay, so... Maybe you can confirm this for me. Maybe I made this up, but aren't they on the rocks? No. 
Okay. So I guess it came to me in some kind of a fever dream because everything is a fever dream here. Everyone just walks around like they have a fever. The whole entire state has a fever. But I have this feeling that McConaughey... Okay. Okay. So so that's helpful because what I thought was one of two things. Either McConaughey and I are destined to meet and he's going to fall in love with me. But actually, even better, if he and Camilla are still together, he'll fall in love with Desi. That's actually more his type. But I will be his running mate for president. Okay. You've really flipped the script now. Yeah. Well, he's making these political overtures now. And she's been trying for a while to set herself up as like a Goob-esque, Jessica Alba-esque lifestyle lady. So, I mean, even if they're on the rocks emotionally or sexually, I mean, that that's marriage is not going to end. But you don't really necessarily have a problem with that. I'm not interested in marriage. And who am I to break up a family? But I think, if anything, Camilla could hire Desi because she wants to keep her close because she's actually more, Desi's more beautiful than Camilla. So she might actually go like, oh, you'll do my social media for my goop because that's what Desi's really good at, like digital creation. Mm-hmm. She's an artist. So Desi will get hired by Camilla and I will be Matt's running mate in office. No, you're going to be his mistress. Well, I'll be his VP running mate. And then obviously I'll suck his dick whenever he comes into my office. If it happens. <laughs> do, it, do a sound effect. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> Just pick your favorite sound effect and do it with your mouth. Speaking of blonde Southern bells and bows. Uh, I'm starting to get the impression, Sarah, that Brittany is not free. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I was hoping that you would want to talk Brittany today because not only do I get the impression she's not free and has there, like, I can't believe that there's still litigation going on almost every week between her and Jamie. It's so actually, the fact that they're actually, because she basically called Jamie for a deposition and he said, well, I'm only going to be deposed if Brittany will. And it's like, how can you demand she be deposed? You actually demanded that she has complete and total mental illness and was incapacitated as a, as an adult up until this point. So how dare you? But then well, did you see that video I sent you of her, of her singing? Yes. Sing, singing in her deep voice that she allegedly always wanted to use. Well, the big, see, that is just to me, you know, sometimes I get drunk and sing me and Bobby McGee to my friends and make them uncomfortable. <laughs> my version. It's me and Molly McGee. Right. Exactly. I, I think the things that the two things that really stuck out to me, and I do think all the ongoing legal cases, we've got to get some sort of uh, stopgap for lawsuits. Right. They can't just go right. forever. It's like, so absurd. Well, because like Jamie needs to keep suing her like, to maintain his lifestyle. Like, not even just that he wants money from her, but that, like, at least if he's tied up in lawsuits, I'm pretty sure she pays his legal fees. Right. Like, yeah, don't quote us on that because the legal system obviously is very complicated, but it's just, you're just lighting on, lighting money on fire. There's just gotta be. Literally. But, okay, the the two things that really have given me pause recently. First, she, well, this morning she posted 10 different pieces of content of herself naked in a hotel room on Instagram. Okay, I'm going to check literally right now. I did not see that. So keep telling me, but I'm going to look right now. She did it in one hour, posted 10 different, just carousels of herself in very similar poses. She's got the three day old crusty makeup still. Like I saw someone said, if she's, out of the conservatorship, why didn't she have professional hair and makeup on her wedding day? And I I've like, been saying that for, no, this whole time, it makes no, and also like cap your teeth. Right. People are kind of saying that they think that, um, okay, so 
this conspiracy theory I found, and I don't want to dig too deep into this because there are entire podcasts dedicated to what the fuck is going on with Britney Spears. But there's one conspiracy theory that Sam Asghari is somehow still involved with Lou Taylor. And no. like, part of what's going on is he's posting all of this content and he's filming it. I mean, who's filming this shit? Who's taking these pictures? Mm-hmm. They're saying he's trying to make her, he's trying to keep her looking kind of crazy and make her look crazy so that like, you know, someone can maintain the control over her because like, yeah, it's weird. He does not, he seems like a normal with it guy. Their relationship has always seemed fucking weird to me. I know you're the only person that I have really heard speak on this. You don't totally buy it, but I will say, in fact, he might be controlling her in an in an opposite way, which is like, if he actually was like Instagram boyfriend ready, these might be better, but okay. So I'm looking right now, these weird, like, like why post these? Anybody, why post these? I held my phone up with a book and a remote control to shoot this. So he's not even being helpful as an Instagram boyfriend. I know that's annoying. And in one of the captions, it says, I woke up in London this morning or something. And the, like, it was like, these pictures are in London and someone found a picture of the hotel room and they were like, this hotel is in LA. And then she posted another picture later in the day of horses that were clearly in like Malibu or somewhere hilly. There's no hills in London. So it's just like, what is going on? So that was very strange. Now here's the second thing that's really strange. Um, She posted this long sort of lovey-dovey captioned to Selena Gomez, thanking her for coming to her wedding. And in the caption, she she implies that she didn't know Selena was going to be there. And all what? The, all wait, the wait, guests, wait. on her gram? Can I look right now? On yeah, her look gram. for the. There's like a PR photo of Selena Gomez. Oh my god, that's so funny. Also, happy birthday, Selena Gomez. Today is her birthday. Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow, she is such a cancer Leo cusp. That makes complete sense. Right. But she like she says in the caption like I had no idea she was going to be there, but she was so nice. And then someone was like, <laughs> her management works with Lou Taylor's company and like and like why did britney not know who was going to be at her wedding was it before it almost looks like it was taken down because i can't find selena on her no it's because it's a weird picture and you probably just aren't recognizing her no way it's like this is not free like clearly she's not in charge of her life she's still not in charge of her life if she had like strangers that she was just meeting for the first time and turns out she really likes at her wedding, there is a problem. Oh my God, you're right. The Selena one got deleted. Was it a bad pic of Selena? No, it was like a publicity photo. Well, that's damning. Wow, she that was- actually is damning. That's insane. I'm sure someone, um, someone on the internet wrote about the caption, but yeah, she just was like, Selena was so nice to me at my wedding and I didn't even know that she was going to be there. Like it was a surprise. Blah, blah, blah. So clearly whoever was in charge of the invite list and all that shit made her take it down. Like, clearly other people are still spending Mm -hmm. her money and making her decisions for her. Mm -hmm. I always say how sick I am of talking about the royals, but this book that came out this week is crazy. So, okay, his name is Tom Bauer. He is British, and he writes these biographies of people, and he used to be a lawyer. So he knows exactly what he can and cannot say. Mm. So all of his biographies are like legally bulletproof. Now that doesn't make them true. It just means he knows how to write it in a way that is lawsuit proof. He's been sued a lot of times by people that he's written about. And only one of those lawsuits apparently has been successful. Meghan and Harry are famously litigious 
for celebrities and for members of the royal family. The problem with being that way, which I have said on this podcast before, if you are a public figure and you sue over libel or slander, it will make people assume that every other word, negative thing that was written about you was probably true because why wouldn't you have sued over that as well? So this is kind of what's going on with Meghan and Harry, like because they have sued so many members of the press, it's like people are assuming that all of this is true. Now that doesn't mean that it's all true, but let me go through some of the greatest hits of insanity that this guy has said. One of the things he says, you know, we're all, we've all been wondering since the Oprah interview, who is the royal racist? Oh my God, I know. I was so excited to talk to you about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We finally know. Well, we don't know because the passage in the book is like, he was talking to Charles and Camilla and they were saying all different things. And in one version, this is how he wrote it. In one version, Camilla asked, wouldn't it be funny if the baby has a ginger afro? What? Why would it be funny, Camilla? Why is that funny to you? If anybody knows anyone that has a ginger afro, send pics. I don't know if I've ever seen one before. It's possible. And why is it funny? A lot of people with red hair have super curly, like tightly curled hair. I've seen a huge amount of ginger jufros. Here's why it bothers me is because... She's an upper class, posh, white, British aristocrat. They are occupying some of Ireland's land and they notoriously have been colonizers of Ireland, who is notoriously known for having the reddest hair, Irish people. The reddest hair in the land. Right. So when British people, especially posh, waspy British people, talk shit about red hair, I'm like, I know where this is coming from. Like, this is deeply rooted in anti-Irish stereotypes. And she's being racist. Why would it be funny? That's just so cunty to me. She was just like basically saying like, I have no awareness other than Anglo-Saxon British people. I find it offensive. If someone said that to me, wouldn't it be funny if your kid's a ginger? Because I have, I was born with red hair. Go fuck yourself. 100%. Like what color hair do you have? The same color as everyone else on the planet? (laughs) I hope my kid's a ginger. (laughs) It's not even a good joke. Right. British people are fucking weird with ginger shit. Charles, when Harry was born, allegedly said, oh no, he's got red hair. Both of them are meeting together. Allegedly, in the piece of shit Venn diagram of making fun of people with red hair and black people all at once. Has it ever been achieved before? I don't even know. This might be like a new level of shittiness. But here's the thing. The way it's written is in one version of the rumor, it says that Camilla commented, wouldn't it be funny if there's a ginger afro? So all he's saying is, this is one version of a rumor that I heard. He's he's like safeguarding himself from these claims, you know? What a dumb place to hang your hat on. Right. It's absurd. Like when I say to people, oh, I was born with red hair. British people are like, oh, oh, oh I didn't realize that. And I'm like, you look like snake right why are you judging anyone with red hair your teeth look like chernobyl (laughs) what what are you judging redheads for and like camilla don't say afro just don't say it right i don't trust you with the word afro sorry i guess like what if she was describing what she meant what is another way she could put it like you know i'm I'm glad you didn't at least say like red nappy hair you know what i mean like at least it wasn't that well i mean the way that you would say it i guess is like natural hair. Right, right, right. Like your natural hair texture. But I don't, I just feel like Afro is a bit of an anachronism. It's from the seventies. And right. again, it's because it's in particular this extremely waspy old aristocratic British. I'm like, just how if we don't use any word? Like, I don't think you should risk it. Right. Because you're going to say something stupid. Like, and also don't put 
Like, wouldn't it be funny and Afro in the same sentence? Maybe. They're showing how truly humorless. It's like, if that's the good one, they need us in London, Molly. I will come. We will take the London comedy scene by storm because they don't really know what's funny. They need us. No, like there's so many British people who aren't aristocrat, old money douches. You know what I mean? Are there any funny aristocrats though? No, absolutely not. Not even close. There's one on Made in Chelsea who's accidentally funny, but I think he's got some sort of arrested development. <laughs> okay, so like sort of like my mother. I get that. Yeah. They don't need us though, Sarah. They don't need anyone. They are so insulated in their bubble with their money. The biggest difference when I moved from New York to London is I'm like, oh, I'm actually completely locked out of high society. Like in New York, you can peer through the glass. So like I was talking to celebrities, part of it was my job, but like that doesn't exist here. The really posh, rich, old money people, like Princess Diana was not going to free drinks for the ASAP Rocky and guest collab. If she had been there, she would have crushed. It's just these old money people, they are literally in their own world. Right. They are so insulated. Right. So that was one of the crazy claims. This conversation that happened between the three of them, that is agreed upon, I think, that it was a conversation between Harry and the person who said the racist comment. It's been narrowed down in a couple of books now. The last book that came out, they said, Charles said, oh, what do you think the baby will look like? And Camilla said, don't be silly. The baby will be beautiful. We're never going to know who the notorious royal racist was. But this is why Meghan and Harry, honestly, what they did with this was such a stroke of chaotic, kind of evil genius. Because we're going to be talking about this until beyond everyone involved dies. Because we're never going to know. Unless one of the cops to it, which they never will, because it will destroy their reputation. We're we're never going to know. So it's just this game of hot potato of which royal do we hate the most this week? Okay, let's conjure up a story out of nowhere of why that's the person who speculated about what this baby was going to look like. So if you ever need to ruin an entire family, that's a good way to do it. Noted. I guess Harry did a speech this week at the UN. Is that the first time someone who's worn a Nazi costume has done a speech at the UN? Ah! Probably not. It's also like, don't be so thin-skinned, Megan. Harry used to dress up as a Nazi. Right. And like, he didn't understand why that was wrong either. I actually think Camilla's like comment, if anything, is less racist and just more in the same vein of Harry's a Nazi for Halloween. Just like ignorant and out of touch. I think she was just trying to say something. Yeah, she just said the first thing that came to her mind. But it's also just so telling of her mental state that Ginger and Afro is reads as funny to her. It's like, okay, you need to update your hard drive from the 70s, ma'am. You know, and some pe- old people don't. So it's like, okay, let's uh, let's talk to Aunt Camilla and let's tell her just, you know, an Afro on its own is not comedic. Right, right. It's Black hair isn't funny, period. And... Irish hair isn't funny, period. Like, I think she's picturing, like, a bozo wig. (laughs) Hilariously funny. Ideally, maybe she would be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it. It's rude, it's not funny, but it is sort of like low-hanging fruit if the only thing you know about comedy is the one time you ventured out into a potty city. (laughs) Which is so rude! Right, right. But also, like, she wasn't doing comedy. She was just, like, sitting and talking to people. She was concerned for the baby's hair god forbid the baby has a ginger afro right like it it wasn't even a bit it's it's like just word vomit well but so this speech okay so when i looked up what's the drama actually the first thing that came up was this nelson mandela speech that nazi harry did at the un and i've heard a lot of different takes on it there are some people that are saying it was 
uh, it was well done. Other people are saying he plagiarized from William. And other people are saying, you know who I'm talking about, our boy, the body language body. Jesus Enrique Rosas. He gives a scathing review of Harry's speech. <gasps> okay, so body language body is a guy on YouTube that we love who literally, I mean, we don't, we kind of, do we love him or do we love to hate him? We love him and we also recognize in the same vein as like Ginger Afro is not funny that there is something a little bit like what's wrong, what's going on here. Right. He just makes these like 10 minute videos analyzing women's body language and explaining why it makes them evil sociopaths. It's absurd. Right. <laughs> he loves Amber Heard and he loves doing it to Meghan Markle. What he also loves doing more than anything is actually not focusing on the body language whatsoever and just fucking trashing these people, men included. He said that he's the one that was like the Beckham's wedding. His shoes look like Frankenstein shoes and no one was smiling. It's like, that's just your opinion. And he's become obsessed with the royals to the point where now he actually just started a new dedicated solely to the royals body language YouTube page. So he was saying this was a disgraceful showing from Harry and that Meghan was out to get him because she is a professional public speaker and he must have practiced for this. And he actually identified two different times. He explains the rule of threes, but apparently Harry botched two different punchlines where the performance coach that should have been Megan because she's a professional actor should have said, you know, the way you make it work is on the third beat, you kind of change your tone of voice so that the joke lands. And in fact, according to Enrique, Harry seemed completely miserable, just ran through the set and he thinks Megan was sabotaging him because he didn't have any production notes. Wow. Wow. He lost his plot. <laughs> so now he's pretending Meghan Markle's funny in order to shit on her? <laughs> he's not saying she's funny, but he's saying if she was really his partner for real and this wasn't actually headed to doom she would have given him performance coaching <laughs> right but she's like the most humorless person alive and why is it her job to do that that has nothing to do with anything isn't that so funny so that was i watched a 10 minute video on how megan should be ashamed that she didn't prepare harry for the worst show of his life <laughs> but the line that he stole and it is verbatim where william some time ago made a speech where he talked about the importance of his his trip to scotland where he was so honored to be because it was the home place of the people of his soulmate, Kate Middleton. No, it was because they met there. Oh, they met there. They met there. But it was that, the same. It was like the exa- he literally did the exact same sentence, but said like because of ultimately it like connects me to my soulmate, Megan. And Harry did the same thing. Why Africa means so much to me and my mother. Yeah, it was like three long sentences that were like exactly the same. But also, uh, Nelson Mandela is not from Botswana, bro. He was just saying Africa in general. They don't even know Africa has countries. They think it's just one resort. Exactly. It's like Africa's a continent. Like, that would be like me making that speech and being like, oh my God, people of Montreal, I am so happy to be here because I met my fiance in Tulum. <laughs> like, it's, come on. It's also funny too, because like the way that they talk about Africa and how much it meant to Diana, how much it meant, he's like, this is where I always, Africa's where I always go when I just need like sweet release from the universe. It's my number one vacation spot essentially. And it's like, okay, I believe that Africa does seem actually fucking awesome and like when i saw casey's picture from south africa i was like damn we all gotta go to south africa i mean it looked incredible that being said it is an enormous continent that is rife with pain that you have inflicted monarchy like the lack of awareness is devastating it's absurd and it's like you're fetishizing it so blatantly and so like proudly. Africa was Diana's special place. Maybe it's the special place of like the people that are born and grow up and live there. I do think Diana crushed 
Africa. But that was also during a time when it was like peak fetishization, you know? Bono, Feed the World. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? That was absurd. Wait, wait, wait. That's about Africa? Do they know it's Christmas time at all is the most offensive, insane thing. Oh my God. What? You, you know it. Wait, wait, wait. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? That song is asking if the Africans know it's Christmas. Yes, dude. It was a fundraiser. Listen, there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. The greatest gift they'll get this year is life. Because there's no snow? They're not Christian. There's like maybe 30% or definitely less of the continent is Christian. Why would they give a fuck that it's Christmas? As if Christmas is just something that just is. Right. It's about picking Africa. Well, I mean, I do think Enrique influenced me upon watching. I did think it was a bad set. He did not land the few punchlines that were written in for him. So that's for sure. I don't think he's ready for the big leagues. Don't take him to the Apollo just yet. LOL. Seems like they're just like bringing out the Diana towel. As long as there's still a droplet of water, they're bringing it out. Diana Mandela, let's have Harry. Nepotism, UN celeb. Right. And like, exactly. They don't like, most people in Africa probably don't celebrate Christmas. And also, there's not going to be snow in Florida at Christmas. But I did see one really good point about like why Harry was speaking at this. And they were like, look, Mandela's been dead for what, like 30 years or something. They're running out of people. His whole generational cohort is, you know, 80 years old or older. So like, yeah, they're kind of scraping the barrel. Good for Harry. Go make your speech. It's not my place to say whether his speech was offensive, but uh, not what I would have said. The next crazy thing that was covered in the book. So we know about Tightscape. Wait, I don't know about that. What is that one? The Little Flower Girls. It was, okay, there was this big rumor that at a flower girl dress fit, Meghan Markle made Kate Middleton cry. She said the reverse happened. So they said, they said you made Kate cry. She said, actually, the reverse happened. To give Jesus Enrique Rosas some credit, the fact that like, I don't know if he said this, but it feels like something he would say. The fact that she didn't say she made me cry, she said the reverse happened, makes me think BS. Well, like, what is the reverse? That, like, the tears came up from your sweat glands and into your eyes? What are you actually saying? What does that mean? This really funny meme of the reverse happened. It shows Oprah, like, like her jaw hitting the floor and being like, she shot water out of her eyes into your face. <laughs> That would be the reverse. That's so funny. It was a really clunky way of saying that. You made her laugh. Wouldn't that be the opposite? Right. Like, it's such a weird clunky way to say it. When I Okay, so when I first moved to London, every front page of every paper was Meghan Markle, Meghan Markle, we love her, we love her, she's beautiful, she's amazing. And everyone was obsessed with her, and everyone was saying that she was making Kate look frumpy, and like all this stuff, and Kate was boring, because Kate sort of, you know, she was like mid-childbirth. <laughs> Mid-childbirth is also a pretty harsh... That's almost as bad as Ginger Afro. Like, boy, she looks frumpy. It's like, bitch, she's having a baby. Right? People literally wrote in the press, like, next to Glam Megan, Kate seems positively frumpy. Then the tables started to turn. This is why some conspiracy theorists think that William and Kate were authorizing these leaks. Because they think Megan and Harry are making Will and Kate look bad. So they think that Will and Kate said unleash the hounds let's release this story that megan made kate cry at a dress fitting so the story goes that uh megan unfavorably compared charlotte kate's daughter to another one of the flower girls who was smaller than her 
Wait, wait, wait. That she unfavor. So she basically was saying, Charlotte's a big girl. Watch out for the big girl. Well, technically fashion. She would not comment on the child's weight at the wedding. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So that is just too heinous to be believable. I can't possibly believe that that anyone would do that. And then the other thing was that they were, and this I believe, they were having a disagreement about whether the girls should wear tights. Kate thought that they should wear tights and Megan was like, no, it's going to probably be warm out. I'm going through the same thing with my mom right now. She thinks my flower girls need to wear tights. And I'm like, girl, it's going to be August. Who's looking at the four-year-old? How old's your flower girl? I have three. They're eight, six, and three. Who's looking at their legs and seeing if they have nylons on? Right. Who gives a fuck? They don't even have leg hair yet. Who's going to know? Right. They're wearing these really cute little pink ballet slippers. And I'm like, they can't wear white dresses on white tights with pink ballet slippers. It's weird. Well, no, it's not weird. It will just literally look like a recital. You're going to have to really get the choreography right if that's the case. Right, right, right. It's like it would take, it would push it into a weird category. And so my mom, you know, she just needs to control something. So we settled on, she bought them these little crinoline puffy skirts to go under their skirts. And I'm like, okay, if, well, I don't know why that's scratching your tights itch. It doesn't make any sense, but whatever. But so yeah, this I believe because tights for flower girls. And then my mom, oh, she was trying to get a rise out of me. And she goes, what if I wear tights? And I was like, I know. I was like, girl, if you want to wear tights for 18 hours straight in the middle of August, I'm not, I'm not making the girls do it. I want to say, if my passport comes and I do arrive at your wedding, I probably won't be wearing tights. I did not think you would. I'll, I'll be surprised if I wear anything but space trash merch. That's the ideal. But so this is why I do believe they probably had a tights disagreement because for some people, tights are, and Kate has been wearing those freaking tan pantyhose since she joined the royal family. And they even made Megan wear them after she got married. And it was, and she wore them a couple times. And then I think she was like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. I'm not wearing tights. It's the 2020s. So yeah, they, they allegedly argued over the tights and Megan body shamed Charlotte and that made Kate cry. So this was one of the stories that came out and started to really turn the public against Megan and make people start to hate her. So it was a really consequential story for Megan. It, it really was part of this terrible PR campaign that no one knew where it was coming from. To me, it just seems like an insane thing to have any kind of strong opinion about. People think it's slutty not to wear it. It's an old-fashioned thing that it's like hoey not to wear tights. Wow, so funny because the only time I'm ever wearing tights at, at all anymore is to specifically look like a slut. Right, like fishnets or something, yeah. Right, or like hot thigh highs. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, I was looking at Pippa Middleton's wedding, Kate's sister. They had so many tights on that the boys wore tights. What? The boys wore these little capri pants with tights underneath. I was like, you guys are out of control. Googling. Like, there's a fine line between, like, formality and just living this weird neo-colonialist fantasy where the, you're dressing five-year-old boys up as Ben Franklin. It's like, what do we do? We need to at least get them sheer nylon. Yeah, man. You've seen the tights. She's showing me the man tights. And it's crazy. You're talking about Ben Franklin-ass tights. Let's give them some wooden teeth while we're at it. Like, let's really class this joint up. <laughs> Megan then goes on Oprah and says, the reverse happened. So then it's this, and then she's like, and then Kate came over and she gave me flowers and she apologized and she was really nice about it. So I understand why Megan wanted to correct the record on that, if that's what happened. But 
all these stories keep coming out. It's almost like they're like compression socks. These are thick. Yeah, they do look, they've got a surgical air to them. Yeah, very orthopedic. For sure. But so now people have kept coming out. Of course, never they never say their names. They never say who they are. But it keeps coming out that no, Megan was the one who made Kate cry. Now, obviously, this, is, and this is what it says in the book. It says in the book, um, here, I'll read what it says. I guess, please, please. Melissa Chubody, Megan's assistant, and the dress fitters employed by Givenchy's Claire Waite Keller witnessed Megan emphatically reject Kate's observation that Charlotte's dress was too short. The standoffs, uh, blah, 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 confirms the complaints by Chubody and other members of staff about Megan. Kate burst into tears. A friend of Camilla would later confirm that Kate was reduced to tears by Megan bullying her staff. She had just given birth to Prince Louis, so she was too fatigued to cope. Now, this is what else he wrote. Some would say, this is again, hedging. He hasn't confirmed this. But it's like, what is some, like, some would say is so loaded for a tell-all book. Right. Some would say that Megan compared Ivy, her Canadian friend's daughter, favorably against Charlotte. So that is, like, that she was comparing the two little girls in some way. I mean, well, what you're saying with like the legal stuff, it's like he, some would say is probably him protecting himself. This is like, this is like the equivalent to like how many school shootings are going on in the United States. It's like, why are we just taking down kids left? Why is this at all? The What a, what a waste of, actually Ivy, my, my little girlfriend from Canada is way better than Charlotte. It's like, what's wrong with you people? Why are you comparing young child girls? Right. But, like, did that even happen? That's the thing. We don't know. Some would say. Others would say something different. Right. Like, it could be that this 100% happened, but he, because no one will go on the record, he has to hedge it with someone say. But I still don't know what the truth is. I mean, my stance is they probably both cried at, at different points throughout that process because it's stressful. A lot of tights. Right. Also, how hard is it to make someone who just gave birth cry. In fact, she didn't, maybe didn't make her cry. Kate, it's possible that Kate has been crying for the last three weeks. Right, exactly. So the the issue, according to Megan also, this is what I think, she, she wanted the palace to release a statement that that never happened. But the palace refused to release the statement because they're like, if we release a statement on every single little insignificant story, we can't do that. But then it's like to Megan, it's not insignificant. It makes her look terrible. It makes her look bad. So she's like, why didn't you release this fucking statement? So maybe because they didn't release the statement, she's like, well, I'm going nuclear. The reverse happened, you know? Right. And and the reverse happened is saying very little. So it's almost like Megan. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds. And I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. 
Reagan just wants to have like a voice in the, it's like, make sure they know, make sure they know that I stood up for myself in whatever way. Yeah. So yeah, we'll never know what happened with that either. What else? What else about the book? What else do they say about Maggie? What else? I love it. Oh, she was hanging out with all of his friends at a wedding and she was calling them all out for all their transphobic and racist jokes. Okay, that I think is cool. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if there were good jokes, let's be cool. Obviously, go for the joke. We are comedians first here at this pod. But unless you have a good one, unless there's a punchline to go with ginger afro or anything transphobic on any level, you had better keep your mouth motherfucking shut. They were probably terrible jokes. I mean, they were talking about a bunch of boys who went to Eaton. Right. I guess you sort of have to be. It's the same way that like super rich people don't have empathy because it's like, well, you have to convince yourself that this is right. Well, it makes sense because it's on brand. (laughs) At the same time, also, sometimes when you're in a new group, call out one or two of the terrible jokes. And then like later on in the hotel room, be like, yo, you have some, you you have got a problem here. Your friends are fucked up. People in the UK will say, like a lot more fucked up shit flies here, just in conversation. I don't know if it means anything about people's character. I just think it's a, it's a level of like what they accept as a joke, but a lot of the time it's not a joke. It's just people saying something fucked up and being like, oh, it's just banter. Just take it. Okay. Right. It's like, that's just, it's colloquial. It's casual. It's just so funny. Like, how dare you be like the most notorious colonialists on the planet and be haters to people that are different than you? Upper crusty Brits are notoriously rude and outright hostile to outsiders. So I'm sure it was a terrible time for her meeting them. It's almost more egregious to me to see Prince Harry stepping into this human rights leader role without ever talking about his the stuff that he's done in the past. He's never, ever publicly talked about it. And all he does is admonish people. And I'm like, okay, look, you can be like the, the prince with the multi-million dollar mansion that, yes, even though it's not coming from tax dollars anymore, it's coming from your dad and it's coming from your mom who got it from her, your dad who got it from tax dollars. And even if it's not tax dollars, it's this fucked up property empire you guys have just because you're the royal family. Like you are the literal face of privilege. So like, don't be telling people how to live. Like I would rather you just sit there and be a piece of shit. Wear the Nazi costume, get blackout drunk and Duke of Sussex it out with someone at a bar. So at least it's entertaining. Literally. Exactly. The thing for me with Harry is like, okay, cool. Like use your platform to say things, but don't take, if you're, if you're going to make climate your thing, don't take private jets everywhere, Harry. How dare you? And take a convoy of SUVs everywhere you go for quote unquote safety. But, oh, but you move to the one like Western developed country where gun violence is a problem. Like gun violence is a problem. And the paparazzi can just live outside of your house. What are you doing? What an idiot. Right. Yeah. It makes it makes no sense. But yeah, I mean, he has a book coming out, believe it or not. Definitely going to read it. And hopefully he will deal with that stuff in a meaningful way. That I'm excited to read. And in fact, what you're telling me right now, I kind of want to read this book too. Right. No, but he really is. You're so right. He is he is Mr. Don't Take Responsibility. Mr. Blame Them. Exactly. And he's also Mr. Never Should Have Left the Palace PR behind because his public image has tanked in recent years. Like, people forgave him for wearing a Nazi costume. Like, they forgave him for calling 
one of his fellow soldiers on the front lines in Afghanistan a racial slur on camera. No. I don't think he ever addressed it. I don't think he ever, I don't think there ever was a statement from him out loud. I think they just kind of swept it under the rug. Was there any, was there any, like, when you say people forgave him, was it the kind of thing that was just like swept under the rug? But did the media make it a thing at the time? Yeah, yeah, big time. So he's just like really out here playing dumb and it's like, you can't. We're, we're all too evolved. If you're going to be like, yeah, I have chickens in my backyard. I live a simple life. Then maybe don't pretend you're also going to have a media empire, you novice. You have 17 bathrooms. I don't care how many chickens you have. The chickens are also a luxury at this point. Like you're not, you're not subsisting on chicken. This is one of my favorite ones. I'm sorry. This is one thing that bothers me. Like, okay, Megan obviously has jumped in. She is in a world that is so beyond what she can handle. And I feel for her. I really, really do. But there are so many things about her story that are just hilarious. And one of them is this blatantly made up feminist dish soap story. Every time she has to roll out her feminist credentials, she tells this story of when she was 11 and there was a dish soap commercial where it said, Women all over America are cleaning pots and pans. And she got mad and wrote to the company and said it should be people all over America. She says that within a week they changed the ad because of her story. She made this speech at the UN that she wrote this letter at 11 years old and they changed the ad. Think about the trouble that it would take to change that ad and the money and the budgets and the rollout. It wouldn't have been done in like a week. She like literally is competing with Greta at this point. She's the Greta Thunberg of ads. Right. And she brings up this story nonstop all the time. Uh And this guy finally fully debunked it because like for a normal person, you would be like, no "No way. That's why they changed it. So this guy was like, um, oh, she also claimed Hillary Clinton had responded to her letter or that Hillary. What? Yeah. So this guy, it turns out her dad just told her that Hillary Clinton got the letter. It wasn't true. And her dad told her that they changed it because of her letter. And then she believed it and it became a part of her story. Like she believed this, what he told her as an 11 year old. And she never thought twice about it for the rest of her life. She never was like, wait a minute, did this multinational corporation really change their commercial because of me? No, it turns out it was a huge campaign with a bunch of people complaining about the commercial and that's why they changed it. Wow, it feels like you're telling me that she just found out there's no tooth fairy. That's literally what it is. <laughs> she as a grown woman in her 30s would be going to like make these speeches, these kind of self-important, performative activism speeches and be trotting out this story every time. It's just hilarious this, to me. This is like whenever you and I both like get on the same page, we're broing each other of being like early verbals. Like, yeah, I was talking in the crib. <laughs> like, who the like? First of all, you probably weren't. <laughs> Second of all, like your mom just was trying to make, you know, say you were an exceptional baby, Molly. You were exceptional baby. Right. So there's no video. There's no video of me being like, mom, get me a bagel before I could walk. Although that's the story. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like we're really hanging on to. To, really, to crumbs here. Right. Maybe just go do something in your current life that you've built as an adult where you actually have all the power in the world. Right. Like, I'm not going to go to the UN and be like, when I was three years old, I looked at the handle on the Wawa coffee machine and I said, W-A-W-A Wawa. And that sparked a lifetime of reading and learning. You know, like... Right, 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 right. Right. It is so embarrassing for Megan. I know. There's so this. Uncool. Well, that's also where it's like the difference between like a stand up comedian and an actor. 
this is it right here. It's like, don't use your own material, kid. This is it. She's the most humorless person. And again, I feel for her in a lot of ways, but like she is the most humorless, take yourself seriously person alive. Like she, they, so she did this um, commercial campaign for this department store in Canada called Reedman's. And it, it was a really successful campaign. She looks awesome in the commercials. It was a success for her. But when she when it came time to shoot the second campaign, um, the entire crew turned against her and talked to this guy about what a monster she was. Shut the fuck up. Wait, that is actually now that's the first thing that you've said where I'm like, there is no way to refute that because I'm a product. We both work in production. Right. That, like, that's real. You have to be so bad for people Such to, an asshole. to notice. Yeah. And like, so apparently she like insisted on staying at the Ritz in Montreal, which obviously is French speaking Canada. And she requested that they put her in under an alias so that paparazzi wouldn't come. And the hotel literally was like, no. <laughs> so they learned <laughs> her real name and like, obviously no paparazzi showed up. No one showed up and she would always be like, wow. and she just was like, apparently not nice to people on set. Now that also, sometimes when people say that, I'm like, maybe she's having a bad day and men would never be, no one ever thinks men are cranky in that way. I do think the hotel thing is a funny detail and very funny detail. And I want to say, sure. Sometimes it's like women are hysterical. Women are just the whack. This is a quote from the director from our very own Newsweek, A+. plus. According to the book, one of the directors of the campaign said, posted on Facebook, so it's in writing and they wanted everyone to know, she is definitely the meanest person I've ever met, just saying. That is a, that is, there is no gray area here. I know. This isn't just like women are annoying. This is like, she's the meanest person I've ever met in my life. And he works in corporate, corporate, I guess not corporate America, corporate Canada. Right. Yeah. It's Whoa. Crazy. I know. What could you do to be so mean that the director of the campaign makes a Facebook statement declaring you the meanest person they've ever known in their life? What do we have any details about what she did that was so mean? Uh just being like flippant to people and like demanding things. She allegedly walked off the set with a pair of Aquazura shoes that she had made them buy for the ad. Like, she forgot, <laughs> she forgot to return them, which is hilarious. Like, go, Megan. Well, then I thought today, too, didn't she do some kind of tongue-in-cheek where then she wore the shoes on her interview with, like, what it was, like, Alan? She did, like, an interview in the past few days where she wore the shoes. Yes, she was wearing Aquazura shoes. They probably weren't the same ones, but, yeah, I kind of love that. But, um... But it's, like, honestly, though, like, that is not even the half because... If the if what you're saying is true, which was like she was just kind of like a dick, and she was like, "Get me shoes." He, this director needs to meet more people. The meanest person you ever met in your life. He, she she must have been saying way worse than Ginger Afros to every single person on that crew to be called the meanest person you've ever met in your life. Film director, right, exactly. Like that's not yeah. It just sounded like being a diva, which I mean, you know, she, like we have we have tape of like Christian Bale literally foaming at the mouth, screaming the most abusive diatribes to the cast and crew of those Batman movies or the fighter or whatever. And no one has said that. 
she was worse than Bale to be called the meanest person, not woman, person I've ever met in my life. Right. I mean, also, I guess people in Canada maybe are nice. She, she, sure, couldn't, but have been, she couldn't have been that mean. No, people in Canada are I would love to hear a Meghan, Markle, Christian Bale rant whenever we can. Yeah, no, there's no way. I mean, when a man acts like that, it's like, oh, he's a creative genius. How amazing. No, I'm right, sure right, she wasn't right. that bad. But like, but he was in his craft. He was method. Right. But in this book, he kind of makes the case that by this point in her career, she was sort of starting to freak out because she was making $175,000 an episode on Suits, but it was like season six, which is like, most shows don't go on much longer than season six. She wasn't- They were lucky to be there too. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, was that a bad show. I know. And like, they, like the, the brand- Partnerships weren't coming knocking. Like, she was embarrassed to be doing this commercial. It was like if she was doing Coles. You know what I mean? But she couldn't even get Coles. That's the thing. It's like Canadian Coles. So she was not, she was, she was cranky and she was grumpy. And I would probably be too. She was like in her mid thirties and she's like, God damn, where the fuck am I going to go after this? Her mar- first marriage was falling apart, had fallen apart already. Right. But they say that she kind of just left him because she decided to move on and she wanted to like social climb away from him. But like, she's an actress. What do you think? Right. That's actually not the worst thing she's ever done. And also, by the way, he had this stupid, in another book, they said he had this rule where he wouldn't cast her in anything because she was his wife and girlfriend. Oh, fuck him. Right. Fuck him. Like, if you're, you're going to hold me, you're not going to marry me to hold me back. Exactly. Like, that's what Hollywood is, is nepotism, right. is people casting their friends. So I don't blame her. She felt If like- we literally, if we literally still have, uh, oh fuck, what's her name? Woody Allen. Mia, if we still have Mia Farrow and Woody Allen movies for the duration of his career, the guy could have given her a part in something. Right, exactly. Like, give her a part. So yeah, they, they were saying like, and she was dating this guy, Corey Vitello, who was a chef in Toronto. But there was a lot of times when she was sort of photographed canoodling with more famous men, which is also hilarious. But he uh. also wasn't putting a ring on it. I'm sorry, Corey. Like, we were talking about this actually at my bachelorette party. We were like, we need to go back to the old days where you weren't exclusive till you were, like, engaged. A thou, dude. Right? That's, I could not agree more. <laughs> right. It actually, there needs to be meaning to every step that actually changes the behavior. Right. These men, they get all the benefits of a wife with none of the, you know, complications or anything. And then they just drop you like a hot potato anyway. Like the amount of women who are cohabitating with men throughout their 20s and then get dumped out of nowhere. Like we need, uh-huh. to, we need to not be doing that anymore. Of course you know, real estate is too expensive. So that's really, (laughs) it's actually a real estate issue. It's an inflation issue. Yeah. But yeah, but it's inflating the egos of men. And that's the real problem. That is a real problem. But yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought those two things were really funny. Megan's a goof. She's a different kind of person. She's a, I also love every reminder of Megan in Canada because I just picture a moment where like she and Harry are getting a coffee somewhere. And she's like, Oh my God, wait, Harry, is this your grandma on the dollar? Right. Well, that was the other funny thing is that he spoke, the, the, the writer of the book spoke to her old publicist who was like, don't worry, I Googled everything about him. I went really deep on him before the first date, which you would, but in her- engagement- But he's also, ha- he's the prince, he's Prince Harry. Right. And Sarah, in the engagement interview, she said that she didn't Google him. No one even asked. Okay. But that is such a, that's even worse than like, it was the reverse. It's like, oh, actually my, my guy Googled him. 
Right. No, she just, she said in the engagement interview and the Oprah interview, oh, I didn't do any research about him. I wanted him to tell me everything himself. You, no one would ever go into that situation without doing research. Like, girl, you went to Northwestern University. You double majored at Northwestern. You're a smart girl. You're smart. Every single person that I have met in Austin, Texas, which is a brand new city for me, I am Googling while I'm sitting there with them. Right. It's like, <laughs> like everyone does that. It's not weird right. not to do that. But that's why I think with her, she's just like, she's just a little bit of a weird girl. And like, she- well, she just, you know what it is? She, she does have bad, and, and it's, it's actually very atypical for a Leah, uh, for a Leo Libra, but she just has bad, like, style. She doesn't know who she, how she appears in the world. She doesn't. Yeah, she does. She she doesn't see herself at all. She doesn't understand how she's coming across. Like she comes right. across. She doesn't come across as authentic ever, ever, ever. And like it's like all this work in Canada and the the queen and the monarchy had never occurred to you, right? And you majored in political science and you didn't learn about the long. Oh no, she did not. Yes, you didn't learn about the longest reigning head of state in the political world. state of all time. Right. Goofy. That's why I think she's yeah, goofy. To not know what to lie about is really very uncool. Yeah. That's why you can't lie. That's why I never lie. Because right. Right. You, you just, it doesn't work. Like people yeah. are not going to like, it's, there's just no point in lying. Just don't say anything. Well, not to mention that, like, I guess for us, it's a little different, too, because in our line of work, there's never anything funnier than the truth. Right. Exactly. And you have to be, I mean. You, you have to tell the truth. It's it's the funniest possible case right. scenario in every case. And, like, I wouldn't be able to do what she does. I wouldn't be able to be, like, a royal wife. I mean, I would have to be myself. I would have to be, like, right. saying fucked up things. And, you know, they would have- I can't even be a regular wife. I have to be myself so much. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, you could if you wanted to. You don't want to. Sure, sure. Well, I would just need someone that actually can stand me. That a lot of people can. Yes, but I'm not, maybe not necessarily. I have had not so many sure. men say like, I'm going to have you, a, I'm going to buy you a house someday. And even if someday I have marriage and children, I will, I, I've been asked to be so many people's kept woman. Wow. Which I think is a huge compliment, to be honest. It is. No one And I will take all the real estate. So I'm, I'm saying to everyone listening, I'm down. No I mean, one has ever is. said that to me in my entire life. Not even once. Because you seem like you'd be a good wife. What does that mean? That's how- it means that you're actually like a, you're, you're a domestic goddess. Um, you're buying like really cool throws and rugs. Like you're, you are, you are conscientious of how to like run a home and, and be a mom. Uh, I'm cognizant of it, but I'm not cognizant. Maybe is the better word. Yeah, cognizant is you're you've heard of it. I'm aware of the concept. <laughs> right, your little sister's been married for a while, so you think you get it. Yeah, no, I don't clean. I hate it. I do clean, but I do nothing else. And when I say I clean, I mean I put stuff into piles and I hire a cleaning lady. Oh, so then you just leave the piles permanently? No, I leave the piles for the cleaning lady, and then she puts them away. Well, it's less put them away, but like, it's like, it's like, uh, so the vacuum here, it's too many parts to put together, but I have been sweeping everything into tiny little piles. I really think the dustpan needs a, a full reno. It really is not a sufficient, like, pick up the pile service. So I just leave these little piles of dust and debris places, and I assume that she will then come and handle it. I've hired a cleaning lady. No, but I mean your belongings. 
Oh, my belongings, they're strewn about everywhere. You know, she yeah. just cleans around. Well, she'll fold, she'll put, wash them, fold them, and, and maybe actually find a place for them that I would never even uh, consider. See, I, I put everything. So, okay. I know people say that the cleaner will put your things away for you, but I don't know why I don't believe it. So I just throw everything into one room and shut the door. <laughs> what if they don't clean that room? Yeah, no. That's hilarious. You know, it's no, the downstairs and the bathroom. I think for me, because I have lived, honestly, like the past decade, like when did I leave James? 2012. So literally the past decade, I have, I just lived out of a suitcase for the past 10 years straight up. So like, I don't want to put my stuff in a dresser just to take it out in a month. Yeah, well. It's all just hanging on like, hanging on like jagged edges and chair backs. It's like the bras hang off this chair. The black things hang off that chair. I, I, you know, I don't need to involve hangers if I, unless I have to. Hangers are good. You know, when I was growing up, I don't know why my mom was anti-hanger, anti-closet. She's like, you know, no wire hangers. Are you ever? serious? No, That's hilarious. What if, I, what if you went to the dry cleaner? Get it off of this oh, immediately. Take this off this wire hanger immediately. No, no wire hangers in the house. She's probably just afraid you're going to give each other abortions. The sisters were going to get too old, too hot, and just abort each other's babies. We did not go to the dry cleaner. What? I don't know what we did. We were like that Mitch Hedberg joke. <laughs> this jacket is dry clean only, which means it's sturdy. That's so funny. Which is why you don't mind just having one room that the cleaning lady doesn't have to worry about with all of your clothing. It's also why I never get sick because my I grew up in like a not spick and span house. Well, now that I agree with completely. And I am very pro germs because I do think it has kept me safe. Like I think because my immune system is so strong because it's it had to be since I was a kid. I don't really get sure. Aside from chronic sinusitis, which is actually just Jewish, I don't really get sick much. Sarah, you're bubble boy. What's that mean? You just talked about how you don't leave the house. Oh, COVID. COVID is different. COVID does not count as germs. That is like a literally like weaponized aerial weapon of destruction. I know, but... But I loved COVID for the records. I fucking loved COVID. Tell me why you loved COVID in 10 seconds. I'm going to use my hands to count down. It was exactly the detox the doctor ordered I'm cleansed. Don't tweet that because if you tweet something like that. No, I feel insensitive. And I'm really sorry for everyone that lost their lives to COVID. But I do think at this Delta strain, whatever we're in, now it's a time that you really need to just take a nap for five days and let your system reset. It's, it's literally like turning your phone off for five days. And then it's like the water doesn't even matter anymore. Right. And also like we're all dealing with this. And like people are allowed to make jokes about COVID. We're going to make jokes about COVID. <laughs> Alicia Silverstone, what are your thoughts? She said she's co-sleeping with her 11-year-old. Co-sleeping? It's like, no, just sleeping with it, you could say. I don't know why they have to They have to say co-sleeping. It's very weird. I'm not going to co-sleep with my 11-year-old son. No. Like, maybe if he has a nightmare once in a while, if he's having a bad day. He's welcome to walk in at night and say, Mommy, could I sleep with you? And you could say, Aw, come here, kiddo. And they can snuggle up between you, Oscar, and Nick. But in general, I will get him a bed. Yeah. Yeah, weird. It's weird. Why does he have a bed? Why does he have a bed? She's been weird. She used to chew up her food. 
food for her kid and spit it into his mouth. What does that even mean? Oh my God, it's called baby birding. She posted a video of it. <laughs> Sarah, she would literally, instead of buying a fucking blender with her clueless money like a normal person, she would chew the food and spit it into her kid's mouth. She also said that she not only co-sleeps with him, but she also takes baths with him? No. Like all through COVID, they took baths together? No. And further, this is the one that I had a big question mark about. And then I Googled it and I couldn't find anything. I thought has it been scrubbed. So I wanted to really ask your opinion. In two things that I listened to earlier today, speaking about Alicia Silverstone's parenting habits, they said that they that she didn't use diapers. What is that? Oh, yes. She was just a free, free shitter. You just let the kid walk around the house and shit and pee everywhere. What? No, yeah, it's like a goose. Like a, like, like your dog is actually better behaved than, like her kid just literally, is, like he, she wasn't like, mom, take me out. I want to go shit outside. He was just like, hold on, I'm going to sit down and shit right here for a second real quick. Why, why would anyone do that? Because you have too much time on your hands. This is why actors need to become paralegals in between movies. I'm telling you. <laughs> right, or at least a receptionist at a busy gym. Right. I mean, is that a, isn't that absurd? Why are you taking baths with your 11-year-old son? Sorry, you're going to fuck him up. Maybe it's normal. Maybe society is too weird. But guess what? Society is going to be there waiting for him when he gets out of the bathtub. And they're going to think he's a fucking freak. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, right, and also, if he expects his wife to chew up his food and spit it into his mouth, he has another thing coming. Oh, wife? Please. He's going to have a freaking dominatrix. He's never going to be have a normal relationship. Right, right, right. He's, he's in love with his mother. He's going to be in love with his fucking mother. Right. I mean, which, who isn't? Like, everybody's in love with their mother anyway, and they have their own rooms. Right, exactly. Like, there's, this is already an issue between mothers and their sons, and she's just taking it to the next level. I'm sorry. Well, you know what it kind of reminds me of? It's like one of those things where it's like, it's a slippery slope between like, I'm just like an organic mommy that believes in love and doing things the natural way. Or um, what is it called by proxy? Munchausen by proxy. This is like lunch, lunchhausen. No, by this proxy. is like emotional incest. It is. It's like, it's like, it, like when I'm listening to all the things she's doing, it's not that I think it's like weird, like without even any judgment, it just seems like hyper controlling. It's hyper controlling and it's not that it's sexual because I know she doesn't consider it sexual. No, I don't think it's sexual, but it is It is centering yourself in your child's exactly. life. Exactly. That's why like, you know, okay, obviously I don't have kids. I've never breastfed. I have no idea what my stance is going to be on it. But like when people get into the like three, four, five-year-old era and they're still breastfeeding, I'm like, okay, who is this benefiting? Who is this? Well, that's why also like, do you watch Game of Thrones? No. I couldn't get into it. Okay, one of the ways that they, like, super identified this, like, very weird woman is that she was still breastfeeding her growing boy who was, like, you know, probably seven or eight or nine. Or, you know what I mean? He was, like, a little boy, but it was, like, there, there was a scene where, like, you kind of, you're introduced to her as, like, this mother, but she's, like, there's something wrong with her. And then it's, like, hang on, I have to feed Robin. And then she pulls her tit out. And it's, like, but the kid's, like, on a soccer team already. And it's, like, what the fuck? On a soccer team. Yeah, it's weird. You know what I mean? It's, like, if you're in, if you're already, if you can play soccer and put on shin guards, you, you can actually just eat from a, a bottle or a plate have an orange slice like a normal right. can you imagine after the game being like okay kids everybody gather around great game you ready here's gatorade and orange slice and he's like actually i'm just gonna suck from mom's teeth yeah it's it's weird like i'm sorry it's obviously not sexual 
to the mom, but also by the time you're that age, little boys are starting to think of boobs as sexual. So- 11 is boner town. Right. I mean, no one's breastfeeding an 11 year old, but like when they're like seven, even, I feel like they're starting to kind of like a little bit start thinking about like, Ooh, what are the girl parts? What are the boy parts? Like you don't need to be, it's just going to be confusing for the kid. Like, yes, ideally it wouldn't be, but like, it's going to be confusing for the kid. Come on. Well, and it's also the kind of thing too, where it's like, okay, so like I, there are people that I'm very close to who in times where they had very limited resources. Like I know someone who is a mother and a, a teenage child who slept in the same bed because they had fucking nothing. Right. That is completely acceptable. Alicia, you're abundant. Have lots of beds. What are you doing? Beds and bedrooms for everyone. There's enough. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, if that was the only thing, it would be like, okay, sure, whatever. I don't know these people. But the the fact that I've been seeing her doing weird shit to her son on the internet for 10 years now gives me pause. I'm just like... You, what do you do? You're going to fuck your kid up for your own vanity of like trying to prove that you're this like perfect hippie mom. That's all it is. Right. And it's like, right, mean, like, right. I'm not, I'm not going with the mainstream. Like, okay, good for you. Be vegan or something. But like, why are you bringing your kid right. into it? Why are you making your kid have the weirdest childhood ever? He's going to be. Right. You're really like downloading an identity into him for him without his consent. Right. Exactly. That's why I feel weird when I see kids at like protests and stuff, even if it's for stuff I agree with. Because I'm like, this kid has no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about Alicia Silverstone. So Alicia Silverstone is a, first of all, she's an Aquarius rising, which means number one, the way that she like sort of operates and participates at a first layer in the world is as sort of a weirdo, right? Like she's a little bit disconnected from what society's doing. She's kind of like doing this big other way of doing like mothering and humanitarianism and whatever. Like she's very like alien other. Also, we have Saturn in Aquarius still. So while Saturn is moving through her first house, that's like her identity you know, how she, how, how people know her, how she comes across to the people in her community. Saturn there is actually putting up this boundary or making it kind of difficult for her to, you know, she has to defend herself now. She's never really been very at one with her identity, I think. Like, she's just never really seemed happy to be an actor. She doesn't seem happy to be famous. She's sharing all this weird information about her parenting that no one, no one's asking for. It's just like, what are you doing? You're just kind of flopping around. Well, she's flopping around and then she's like, like, because at the end of the day too, it's like, do whatever you want with your kid. But why is this your story? The only reason that people know about this is that there are press releases. Like no one is like, hey, let's check in with Alicia and see if she's doing anything weird with her kid. It's like, no, she's advertising. I sleep with Bear. Don't at me. And it's like, what? Right. This is something that people need to understand about social media, especially celebrities. Every time you post on social media, you're effectively holding a press conference and you're putting what you're doing into the public domain. And you're saying, hey, everybody, this is it. Look at me. Look at me. And the public can do whatever they want with that. And if everyone thinks you're a fucking weirdo, like they're going to tell you. So you're you're posting at your own risk. You know, you're holding a press conference. Like, would I go to a press conference and say at my bachelorette party, we did the sign of the cross and read out loud 
uh, JWoww and Snooki's note to Sammy. Oh my God, that's genius. I I think I would say that at a press conference. Would I say that I'm eating broccoli because I'm PMSing? Yeah, I would say that. You know, so it's like, and if people get mad about it, I would defend it. So I don't know. I'm talking about something completely unrelated that happens. But what a great reminder of that note. We're not paying for social media. We are the product. Right. We're the product and we get to decide what goes out to the press or what what gets published in the media that is our social media. Right. And people are going to react to it however they want. It's a press conference. That's what you have to think. Well, right. And the funny thing too is like, just to, to like, when we're talking about Megan, the reason it's also like, ooh, is because none of the stuff that we talk about is the stuff that like she's putting out there. It's like people reporting she's the meanest person on earth. It's like, I Right. And like the stuff she is putting out is just so just phony. Phony. The dish soap thing that I never Googled him. Like the reverse happened. It's all just like, what? Like what? The reverse happened. I didn't remember that. That is so funny. The reverse happened. Like, okay. Could you say that sentence differently and give us a little bit more information? Thanks. That was the other thing. Oprah never pushed them back on anything they said in that interview. I think it's because she must have some, she must have been one of their investors or something. Well, she has no skin in the game to hold the royal family to account. You know, I don't think she's one of their investors. And she's also like, oh, they're my neighbors. Sure. Come over. Can I have some eggs from your garden? Thanks. And also like interview of the century. Right. No matter what they said, it was going to be the interview of the century. So there's no point. I mean, she just had to clock in and clock out. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oprah knows what she's doing. Oprah knows what the fuck she's doing. And actually, I, I believe they were, they were just like sitting in her backyard. Yeah, they didn't even go anywhere. They went to someone else's backyard. But Right, right, right. And they, another neighbor in the community. But okay, so Alicia also has a Libra, a Libra son in the eighth house. So Libra's son, this actually makes sense in a way where she's very comfortable doing like we, us. Eighth house is like that deep intimacy, really things you share with others. It's also the thing that like sometimes when you look at the eighth house, it's like things that happen behind closed doors at home with family or that you inherit from your, your parents. So it's like, she's actually just like dumping her shit. Like she has some, I would like to know about her relationship with her parents. Like what part of her was like, I wish, I wish mama just was biting my food and putting it in my mouth again. Like it's like, what are you, it's just interesting. Like where's this coming from? She also has a Pisces moon in the second house, her values, second house values. Pisces is very, you know, kind of like, you know, it's the last sign. It's very nebulous and boundaryless and sort of a little bit off kilter in many ways. It's also like artistic, creative, the highest love, which some might say she is exhibiting with her son because she's like, you're still in my womb, right? But I don't know. I kind of see this chart as being, yeah, like she is just sort of like an alien doing parenting and her values differently, but it's, it just is coming across like she's from another planet. No, it's just coming across like she has no boundaries. That's it. Libra's sun in the eighth house and moon in Pisces, Aquarius, she might not have boundaries. And I think I think you're exactly right. I think she does not have good boundaries. Yeah, I don't even get an otherworldly vibe from her. I get a, um, I get the vibe that she's just sort of blindly rebelling against whatever she can think of. Right, whoever made her into a child star against her will, she wants you to know I'm not that and I'm actually just a granola liberal mom. Right, like Rihanna's a Pisces. Rihanna is, I think Rihanna is pulling things out of the depths. Yes, the ether, right. But that's why she's a creative genius. Yes. More or less. Right. That's why she's so cool. That's why everything she does works. Everything. Well, a few of her early singles, no, but that's because she wasn't in control. I loved her early signals. No, I still have SOS on like every playlist. 
That one's good. I don't like unfaithful. That really turned me off her. Which one was unfaithful? Where she's singing about cheating on someone. And her voice is like completely off key. Uh, oh, see, I, that one I just must have blacked. I ignored it. Yeah, I think that Rihanna is someone who is, like you said, pulling from the ether. It's coming from somewhere deep within or deep without, and she's turning it into something new. Alicia, I feel like, is in a little box that she's created for herself, and she thinks that she's apart from society, but it's like, no, you're letting society dictate everything you do. Well, because it's so reactionary. Exactly, reactionary. That's it. It's like, you're not supposed to co-sleep. Guess what? I'm doing it. It's like, do you even want to? Co-sleeping is not a thing. No, that's what all the moms say. They say co-sleep. Sharing a bed is what we say here in the U.S., at least. And otherwise, I mean, maybe she's saying co-sleeping, so it doesn't sound like she's saying the sentence over and over. Yeah, I sleep with my son. <laughs> That is, that's, it's actually so redundant. It's not redundant, it's just annoying. It's like corporate language. Yeah, I just, I don't relate to it at all. Co-sleeping is, it's like if, so if you share a bed with someone, are you, are, do you co-sleep with Nick? Yeah, co means together. Cooperate, coordinate. It's just like, it's like, to me it's a little bit annoying in the same vein of Khloe Kardashian's one another. It's like, okay, it means what it means, but it's like, we don't talk like that. Our bed would do the trick. I, and, and who wants to share a bed with an 11 year old boy? They are the grossest people. I do love Huma and Bradley Cooper as a couple. Oh, they're both bearding for each other. Come on. That's why it's perfect. She's weird. He wishes she was them all, but pretty good. Pretty close. I actually have a lot to say about her, so I won't even get started. But if, yeah, if, if there's any news about them, I can't wait. I got a lot of Huma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Space Trash Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Molly Molshine, at Sarah Armour. And leave uh, a motherfucking review, please. Yeah, seriously, guys. I mean, so many of you listen to this and none of you are leaving reviews. So what does that mean? Are you buying? Right. And it's like, I don't want to keep asking. Like, if you're my friend or my client, Please, if I check in with you and say, have you left a review of Space Trash Podcast? The answer had better not be no. Oh, the amount of people that are coming to my wedding versus the amount of reviews we have, I'm furious. Right. It's just, I, I don't understand. I just don't know how to like, it's, it's, it's crazy how hard it is to convert people from actual good friends slash clients slash like community and to reviews. What's the big I deal? Know. I have a hundred cousins. If we got a review from every one of your cousins, we might actually have a career. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles with the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs>